You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. What up, me and this is your boy, Al Mega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast. And today, folks, you know we do things different. We we be flipping the style, we be flipping the script. You know, we be talking to uh, combo creators, we be talking to actors and directors and musicians. That's right. Today we got a ill ill creative force from my hometown of Brooklyn, New York, baby. He is New York's futuristic pop artist. He got a dope new track that's, that's dedicated to Mama. Fire track. And it's actually one of those first videos that has a lot of AI influence that we're going to get into. So he's even using technology. Homie is a future legend in the making. Let me introduce the one, the only, straight from my type of hood and way, the one, the only, the mighty M-A-K Mac. What up, brother? How you doing? (laughs) What's up, my G? What's up, everybody out there? I appreciate you having me on, man. This is... um. This is fun, uh, man. This is already a fun conversation. I can tell you're a dude, cool dude. Dude, but we, we're Brooklyn. You, you are. You live right around the hood from where I was raised. So w- once I found that out in the green room, I'm like, oh my god, I got even more pumped up. You know, you kind of told me, oh, I know that zip code Williamsburg in our conversation. I said, I right, homie, know what up? <laughs> yeah, one one two two two. Nah, for sure. We're only a few blocks. My so my 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 apartment slash studio slash work from home slash little oasis is uh, yeah right. <laughs> Right from where you are. <laughs> yeah, I mean everything, you know, everything you need, but not my studios in my crib downstairs. So I got it's a, it's a great creative space, and and Williamsburg and, and Greenpoint in general are great creative spaces. Oh heck yeah! I, I spent the summer out there, so it was kind of fun to see all this creative and young energy all over the place, whether it's musicians or people that work in production, etc. All over the over the hood on NASA, all those bars. You know what I mean? It, it was yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, you know, let, let's talk about it. So now we know you OG from Brooklyn. A, a big shout out to ASAP Imagination. That's Hey D's. You know, check out these uh, uh, amazing publisher from from all across the pond, if you will. And that's right there, Chris Perez, aka Chris Crash, another Green Pointer in the building. Yeah. So Matt, right. give it to us. Give it to us, kiddo. So we know you OG from Brooklyn. Um, are you um, you, were you raised in Brooklyn, or did you come from somewhere else? Yeah, no. So I'm I'm born and raised in the in the tri-state. I'm I'm from Connecticut, about an hour outside of the city, from a town called uh, Westport. And uh, yeah, was in and outside of <clears throat> in and out of Manhattan, kind of my whole life. Went to college in Philly, and then moved to New York after college. I went to London for a little bit, but moved to moved to New York London. after. But Wait, yeah, man. London for two years. I was working in sports marketing Why? and shit, World Cup, World Cup sports stuff. Because I, I got a World Cup. Yeah, I got a, Wait a minute. I got a, a, I got a job. Christ. I got a job working for the World Cup, my dude. <clears throat> it was cool. How did you even? Okay, so, so let, let's take some steps back. Yeah, we got yeah, a lot to talk about. World Cup stuff. My God, bro. Look at this guy. Yeah, He's we just, got it. Yes, I got this. Let me get my broom. So, but now I've been first... in New York for like 15 years. Yeah, I've been in New York for 15 years. I've been in Brooklyn for the last five. Yeah, I've been been in Brooklyn for the last five. And what was your first taste of fandom that you fell in love with? My first taste of fandom? Yeah, something that you um, fell in love. The moment you heard it, saw it, you fell in love, and it changed your life. Yeah, for for, for people with my music. Well, what, or, what, or or what, fandom what? or fandom for New York. No, fandom in general from you. Like, what was the thing that sparked your interest and in even, you know, working and all that? Oh, word. Yeah, no, I, um, I played, I played sports and, and did music when I was younger growing up. So, uh, piano at three years old, uh, violin, piano, the choir, band, drum. <laughs> yeah, no, my, no, my, I was very lucky. You know, the, what we're going to talk about is a song about my mom, who I'm, who I'm paying um, a lot of tribute to at the moment. But my parents got me involved in a bunch of diverse stuff and sports and music were those things. So I was on a piano at the age of three and I was I, I was on the basketball court at the age of three. And I kind of played those two things off of each other. And I ultimately ended up after high school going to play Division One football at the University of Pennsylvania in Philly. Oh, and wow. music, my position, music. Uh, receiver, yeah. Grandpa. Receiver. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was, I was a fast, uh, 
I was a fast little white boy. I was running a four four out there. Uh, if you're from Brooklyn, you pounds. are fast. Come on, yeah, <laughs> you gotta be. <laughs> you gotta be. So, um, yeah, but music kind of fell away, and I didn't get back into music until about five years ago, and that was that was by accident. One of my very good friends who was running a tech company, uh, I was at his apartment, and he started playing me these beats, and I was like, man, these are dope. Who made these? And he told me that he did, and. I said, well, you run a tech company. When did you get time to do all this? And he said he went to the Clive Davis School at NYU for music when he was younger. And he had a studio in Bushwick and blah, blah, blah. works with these artists, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, yeah, let's get in the studio. I was like, word. So he said, send me a playlist of your – I'd never made music before. So I had done stuff when I was younger, but I'd never made anything. Okay. And he said, send me a playlist of, of, thing, of music that inspires you. So I sent him everything from like – the weekend to Guns N' Roses. Like literally it was that diverse of a of a mix. Nice. I got into Guns N' Roses as a kid from my older brother. But anyway, we 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 picked a we picked a weekend song, we chopped it up. And the first time I got in the recording booth and heard my mic through a recording uh mic, I was hooked. Hooked. I called Guitar <laughs> Center the next day. I said, send me whatever I need to get a home studio set up. And uh I never looked back. Four wow. albums later. Yeah. For album journey, thus far, look at this. All right, but what was your OG taste in music as you were growing up? What were those early yeah. inspirations, man, that, that kind of got you inspired? Yeah, I'm an 80s baby, so, like, it was it was rock and then, and then you know, hip-hop. But, like, I was I was diehard Guns N' Roses, man. I, like, I, was, I, was, I was, yeah, growing up on Appetite um, for Destruction and, and User Illusions and all of them. So Axel was like my guy and Slash was my alter ego. And, um, you know, that was that was the rock side. And then once hip hop, you know, started to come in, I was just like, you know, show me whatever's like, like, show me, show me Wu-Tang. You know what I mean? Like that, that, mm -hmm. that hit me straight over the head and I became a meth fan real. Uh, I was real in quick. high school, my, my, my final year of high school when that album dropped and I still have the protected net cuss single. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. That was I the first single. Era. Yeah. I have yeah. an on single, Protect Your Neck, on cassette. Still. On cassette. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Even the first album cassette, I still have. That's where it started, remember. man. Yeah. Listening parties back right in the there. day, right? You buy the new tape on, 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 what was it, Tuesdays or Wednesdays when the music would drop? And then, oh, yo, fellas, you know, get some stuff together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not talking about the stuff. <laughs> All right. Let's new track. <laughs> Yeah, no word. Yeah, tape tape days are wild. Yeah, good. Well, did you grow up in the era of the mixtape as well? Or, you know, because you did mention Graham, what, what, you know, of course, in Williamsburg. And I used to pick up my Tony Touch or Camillo mixtapes from my son him over there on Graham. Yeah. Yeah, no word. I, I, I did. I mean, like, you know, 90s, 2000s. But I would, <clears throat> at that point, it was, it was starting to be like everybody was just burning shit off of Napster and whatever else. So, like, he you were making, you know, going yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yo, I'm like my boy Cliffy. He was my mixtape master. You'd just be sending me CDs. You'd be like, yo, volume one, volume two. So I just, yeah, I just started turning to my, turning to my, my crew at that point, and we would, we would make whatever we wanted. But yeah, no, I grew up, you know, Funk Flex would put out a mixtape and whatnot. But, I, but yeah, I was, but I was, I was, uh, I was a little late on that, uh, on that beat. I started oh, to move okay. into the digital age. You know what I mean? Of course, I mean that—that's been my uh, journey as well, going going from the analog to digital, and I've enjoyed it. I'm one of those kid guys, you know, that we grew up from that generation, growing up with the analog, but understanding what digital is too, and appreciating the yeah. hell of it. Because like that video 100%. that you did, uh, let me tell you, I'm digging that technology, and I'm seeing what you did with it. It, it. It's amazing when we get into that. So, so here you are. You did your thing in the studio. You, you, you're like, I, I am digging this energy. You got your, your studio equipment and whatnot. What, what was that journey like, you know, for you, the learning curve of, of building now your own stuff on your own? Yeah. What's that like? Yeah. Um, good question. So I was also running a company at the time. I was running a, a marketing and innovation consulting business working with brands. Oh, geez. Like, yeah, Nike and Virgin. Wait, so and, and, and this is after after your uh, work with after with London, yeah, Whoa. yeah. So I I, I was guy. big into sports, yeah. right? And so I came, I went to London. I worked for the World Cup for two years, and then I came an agency, and and I came back 
and I worked for the NFL for two years. So it was like my NFL my football. Yeah. Park Avenue, 280 Park Avenue. That was, you know, my dream job at 22, 23 years old. The lipstick I, I girl, then. I remember. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> I used to go to comic shops over there. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, yeah, no. Nah. I, I used to walk down Park Avenue, you know, on the way to work and be like, yo, this shit is wild. Like, I really, I'm really doing it right now. You know, making making pretty low money, but like, uh, you know, working for a product of, you know, football that I, that I absolutely love. But I went on to, uh, I went to business school at Columbia. So I, I did that. And then after business school, I went into uh, and started my own agency. And I did that for about five years. And the music thing started to come into focus towards that fourth, fifth year. And the more, so I got the introduction, right, called Guitar Center. But the more bullshit I kept taking in the client world, right, with like, you know, clients that either weren't appreciating the work or I was pitching new business stuff and the stuff was like great ideas, but they weren't getting seen or getting shown. I, I would come home and I would start to spend a couple hours a night, two hours a night, three hours a night, four hours a night with music. And uh, I would get lost in that shit. And I realized like, yo, I really, I really like doing this and I'm pretty good. I like, I, I have a, I'm talented. Like I have, I have a very good ear for music. And so it, the most important thing for me was just like to start to hear myself and to hear like, okay, like you're, you're what, what you're making is starting to sound pretty good. And it took a lot of experimentation, but it over that year period of time, the more bullshit I took in the work world, the more time I spent creatively figuring out what was what. And then I hit a moment in time where I was like, Fuck it. I'm putting all this work stuff down for a minute. I'm gonna go make an album professionally. I didn't know what how, I didn't know what that was. I didn't know how to do it. I just said I'm putting all this down and I'm gonna go run at this thing a hundred miles. And that's um yeah, that start that kicked off another chapter. But that first year of me experimenting was a lot of just, you know, me in my apartment messing around and my friend Jared, who I told you that had the studio that got me into it in the first place. You know, every four or five weeks, we would just chop it up on a Saturday at one of our places, and we and, and we just make beats and we make music and we write songs. And I, he was nice. a, he's a genius. I mean, he's an he's an incredible producer. So I got to look over his shoulder, and that's the one who's encouraging me. That's the one who's showing me what's up, and that just gave me fuel to kind of like to start to to test my own process. And I just I started to learn how to write songs. You know, I didn't know how to write songs, but I I started to try to figure it out, and that. That's where the um, that's really where I started to sink my teeth into was like, how do you how do you write a good song? And then it became how do I make my voice better? But those two things. Um, and so how did you make the voice better? What, what you know, what type of techniques did you get into to, you know, now that you're getting into the musicality of it? Yeah. So um, when I decided that I wanted to make an album full stop and, and like just 100 percent concentrate on that, I realized that if I didn't find the right producer i didn't know what i was doing like i i, I didn't know how to make something professional let alone you know let alone an album and so you know one thing led to another and the right person ended up in my living room through a friend of a friend and um super super dope producer and um we've made i don't even know besides that reggaeton stuff that you've heard uh me and him have made me, thank you. Me and him have made pretty much everything um, that I've done. So he co-produced and co-wrote the song for my mom that we'll talk about. But that dude is a G, a G. Jonathan Watts. When I was in, um, when I was in the room with him, I saw. I, I was, I was like, Yo, can we, <clears throat> you know, can we work together? He was like, Well, I don't know, you know, like, you know, I work with real people, <laughs> and I was just, I played him some of my demos and shit. I was like, What do you think? He was like, Ah, oh, you know, he's being nice. I'm like, Well, how much does it cost? He was like, Well. I was like, well, no, how much does it cost? He was like, X. I was like, done. <laughs> I was like, let's hey. go tomorrow. And, you know, in the music world, a little bit of money can go a long way sometimes when people are Oh, trying hell to yeah, things. brother. When people see that <laughs> green, it's like, all right, they know you mean business. Yeah, and I wanted to be very clear off the rip. Like, yeah, I'm I'm serious about this. And, oh, by the way, like, it's not easy to find clients, you know what I'm saying, that are, are going to be good clients for you. And so from that point on, like, he knew I was serious, and we got in the studio for the first time. And, um, you know, the second song that we made together was a song, Gravity, that um, I was like, yo, I want to make a song. I want to make a song in the weekends lane. That's my favorite artist. And he was like, well, yeah, I think I got something for you. 
he's like, I don't know if you're ready for it though. I was like, <laughs> he's any any yeah, and he played me this demo. I was like, yeah. Yeah, bring it, bring I, it. I, I was like, I know. I was like, I need. He was like, yo, this is out to a few other people right now. Da, 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 da. I'm like, no, it's not. Like, cancel that. Let's go. And um, it was a motherfucker for me to actually like get out in the studios. It, it was one of those moments where we were in the studio together, and he was kind of like, yo, can this kid do it? And we sweat, and he was starting. You know, he was questioning for a minute because I was struggling. And super high in my register, super high in anyone's register. The whole thing's almost falsetto. And um, I got it out and the record was done and it was amazing. And we just kind of, he was like, all right, I, I, he, he means business. And he was called when he, when I was in the studio with him and, and his homies were coming in and popping in the door and saying, what up? He must've been called a genius like five times in the first week by different people that were coming into the studio oh, and saying hi. And like, I don't take that word very lightly. You know what I mean? Like, and I, 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 I think I can, I can spot talent and I realized who I was working with. And so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't look back after that, but that was, that was my process. You asked me about my voice. Um, so after I made my first two or three songs, gravity was one of them, which ended up being the second single off of my first album and the, t the title of the album. Um, I was like, yeah, I need to make my voice better straight up. Like, um, um, I'm not a singer. I'm sounding okay on records right now because you can sound okay on records. Um, you know, I, I have talent, but I'm not a singer. And I was like, I have to find a vocal coach. And I was out in LA and I ran into a, I was in a, I was in the studio with two brothers and one of them was an artist, a singer. He was like, yeah, I was at a conference uh, with this dude from Brooklyn. Who I'm pretty sure he's from Brooklyn who went to, um, Berkeley School of Music, which is the best music school in the country, mm -hmm. uh, for singing. And uh, I think he's back in Brooklyn. And I know I know he teaches vocals, so why don't you give him a call? The next week, I'm on the phone with him, this guy Chris. Um, shout out, Chris. And uh, another savant, like straight up musical savant, perfect pitch. Been singing in a choir in church since he was three or four years old. And that dude got me into shape. I sang two hours a day for a year and a <laughs> half straight. I, I I had to prepare a song a week for him, like performance ready song a week. And I didn't realize like how much work goes into being able what? to like take something I mean, from something scratch. Something of yours? Something of yours? No, 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 or, no, no. Or no. Oh, oh, yeah, well, this eventually, is it be, eventually it became my stuff. But my, my, my assignments were to start to go from everything from Mario to The Weeknd to Bieber to, you know, whoever – and move around and you know 52 weeks later i had 52 songs under my belt where it was just like okay and so so he was learning where i was at <clears throat> i was finding my voice through it right because all these people have different techniques right all these people have different ranges they have different techniques or different genres my music i don't like to stick to genres i like to bend a lot of stuff together oh i'm tell um, you know, <laughs> based on what i heard yeah no yeah, for sure. It's just like, yo, man, like, and, and I, I like to call it pop music only because like my objective is to make bangers. Like my objective is to make music where like the most people are going to be like, yeah, I fuck with that. But, you know, it, that could be an influence of reggaeton and pop or it could be an influence of, of Afrobeat and pop. Don't really matter to me. And it just depends on who you're working with and how authentic the music can actually be. But I remember my vocal coach said to me, he was like, I said, what do you think of my voice? Because I like to ask these things and be like brutally honest with these people. And he was like, it's pretty. He was like, you got a pretty voice. I'm like, all right, well, like, is that a, is that a good thing? What, what does that like, mean, oh. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just like, because I kind of sang in choir and shit when I was younger or whatever. And like, it was, it was. I know, but I mean, coming from a, from a dude's perspective, because sometimes when we say someone's pretty, you know, it's like, okay, it's, it, it looks good, but it doesn't mean I'll F with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 fair enough. Like, I don't mind, and I don't mind being a pretty boy, but like, it, it's, um, his point was it's pretty, but it needs to be roughed up. Right. Uh, like you need it needs the edge and the character to it like it needed to be brought out. And that's and that's what's if you listen to my stuff, that's kind of the evolution of the last, mm. you know, three and a half years. Is it and now I know how to do all that shit on my own. Right. Like he helped me find my voice. But now I know how to sing properly. I also was waking up, you know, because I was I was so into it that I wanted to sing all the time and I wanted to become the best I could be. But I was waking up every morning with a sore throat <laughs> and oh. I'm like, wait a second. I'm like this. I'm obviously not singing correctly. 
And so vocal habits and vocal hygiene and all the rest of it, like I had to be taught that. And so, you know, at this point, I, I could obviously still use coaching, but I know enough on my own where I can, you know, get in any environment and um, and hold my own. And I'm and I'm confident in in what I what I bring to the table. So, and, and what was it like for you to you know get your music out for the first time and and, and seeing it and hearing it displayed in a public forum? How did that feel for you? Yeah, it was um, it was wild, man. Like uh, there was uh, I don't know. Like if you're gonna release music and release it properly, like you need there you need a a plan. You need a strategy, you need a marketing plan in place, you need budget, et cetera. And in that period of time where I was figuring all this stuff out, you know, I, I had a I, I had a pretty decent sized depression at the time. And I was really going through it. And music, I, you know, I had my I had music to really immerse myself into, but this was right around the time where like, yo, I told everybody I was gonna do this. I'm like, you know, I'm an artist now, the music is coming, you know, like I had it in the vault. But I hadn't released a thing, and I was scared shitless. I'm like, yo, I don't even know if I can sing in front of a group of people. I don't know uh, if I put out this song, if zero people are going to listen to it, right? Like, all of those fears came like, and I don't know if I, I don't know if I have enough to push it, you know, blah 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 blah. And so that six or eight month period was pretty nerve wracking. But I, um, you know, again, I just I tried to find the right resources and the right help. A lot of this for me comes. I'm a big believer in finding the right, uh, the right teachers, the right experts, the right gurus, the yes, right support, yes. the right team. Surround yourself just, with the right people, no matter what yeah, you're yeah, on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, especially if you're trying to learn, and if you know, it takes a lot of different skill sets to be an artist. Um, cause it's not only the creative side, it's also the business side of it, right? Like you're a, you're basically a small business and a brand in, in, in and of itself. And so one of the, so one of the ideas I had was my boy, Jared, that originally got me into music, the producer, he went to the Clive Davis school at NYU. Now that, so Berkeley as a, as a music performance school, like if you're going to be a singer, you want to go to Berkeley. If you're going to be a producer, you want to go to Clyde Davis. You want to be a recording artist. You want to go to the Clyde Davis School of Music. So I went, I posted an internship opportunity. And within, you know, an hour, I got 20 resumes back from some of the brightest kids in the fucking world. Wow. And for 10 or $15 an hour, I had, you know, a couple interns all like off the rip. And one, <clears throat> one girl who was an artist herself, super talented, and she'd done it before. She had art, she knew what it was like to release music and, and what the whole mm. process was. And she walked me through it from front to back. So say we had like three months or you know, three and a half months of lead time. And if I needed album art, she was like, Oh, my friend over here has got you. If I needed photography, my friend over here has got you. You know, blah, blah, blah. Um, if you need help on Spotify, here's who you can call. And that's how I went about it the first time. And ultimately I got my first record out. And um you know, I remember the because people release music on Friday now versus say a cassette on a Tuesday or whatever. A new music Friday. <laughs> Friday is the dig, is the is the digital day, and um, you know everybody at, at, at midnight the song comes out on Thursday, yeah. right? And then you wait until Friday, and you tell everybody about it. I'm sending 500 fucking DMs out, right? Like, I'm oh my god, <laughs> yeah. I mean, your 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 thumbs are breaking at this point because you're like because you're, you're looking you're like, like George Jetson, right? Is they thumping? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you got carpal tunnels and shit, but you don't know if anyone's going to be listening, right? So you're like, uh, and and you're super excited, right? So like, to, this was the Super Bowl to me. And so, you know, it's as much as in the beginning, it's kind of like, can I get all my friends and family to actually listen to this and pay attention? And you realize at a certain point, like only a certain amount of them actually do give a shit. You know, they may care, they may not, but they're not necessarily going to be the ones commenting on your shit. They're not necessarily going to be the ones that are yes. sharing your stuff. You got to realize, and you got to realize that early on, like they're not driving your numbers. Um, you know, your real people are going to be the people that you always share a song with and they give you their feedback. And like that inner circle of mine and my family is, is, um, you know, I, I, you can't replace that, but I've had to build a fan base over time. And you know, that, that first song say, I think ultimately got like 40 or 50,000 streams on Spotify. And that was a cumulative of, of like a, a lot of pushing and a lot of like, you know, marketing strategy. And that was, um, 
from not knowing if anybody was going to listen, that was like, I was over the fucking moon about it. And I chose that single as for a reason, because I thought it would be the right. It's called fly away. I thought it would be it's like an Af- Afro beat summary, um, yeah. kind of like festival like track. Cause I thought it would be the right introduction to my music. It was the most accessible track to my music. And I kind of just went, went from there because my music started to move around genre wise. And I started to feel like, what do people like? Where's my audience at? Um, and I went from there. Excellent. Yeah, and Afrobeats is hot, man. I suppose it's Starboy and Wizkid. I seen them when I was in yeah, Florida. Fantastic. Fantastic. Oh yeah, killing uh concept for real. So, you know, you, you've done you, you now you have you, you know, in your journey you've done four albums, right? And now you've I'm on released, I'm on number four. I'm on number four. On number four. On number four yeah. with a recently released Well, I'm on three track. and four, but yeah, we'll get into that. Go ahead. Okay, we're gonna get into it, but you've got this track though that, that's out. Right, I do. And we should talk about that. Yeah, very, very beautiful, beautiful track dedicated to Mama, folks. Um, he allowed me to play a snippet, so I'll play a snippet for ya. All right, but to, and, and there's so much, so many things going on with the song, not just it being an emotional song, but how the video is produced. You know, with this, all this new technology. Can you hear that? So you don't hear it? Not on my end. All right, hold on. This is what I'll do and add it again. <laughs> I'm glad one... I asked. Yeah, thank, thank you, sir. No worries. This I got to do it. All right. I had it set. I don't know what happened. We'll do it again, That's folks. Sorry about that for you guys that did not hear. Give it a little bit, little bit of a rewind. Yeah. I love the track, though. It's so fire. Makes me just thank you, brother. sway. <laughs> thank you, brother. All right, folks. Let's try this again. Check it out. All right. Little snippet. You're making me emotional. I don't want to get emotional because I just went through science, you know, and it wasn't for mama and papa. You know what I mean? Who knows where I wound up. So I I, I feel this song 150%. So talk about it, man, because, you know, every mama or important people in life deserve that. Tell them you love them type joint. So talk about this song. What was your headspace like when you put this together? Where were you emotionally and physically, mentally? Yeah. Um, thank you, by the way. Um, so my mom was diagnosed with uh, leukemia, <clears throat> an aggressive form of uh, of leukemia, blood cancer, about a year ago. Oh, I'm sorry. And, um, yeah, like I, I wasn't intending on writing a song necessarily for my mom. Um, and I haven't written a song in tribute to any person before. You know, my songs are, say, an amalgamation of like two or three or four different experiences or people rolled into one, right? Three or four ex-girlfriends rolled into one. And now we got, <laughs> and now we got a thematic that we can roll with. Um, but nobody specifically was getting one individual song. And, um, you know, through this past year, my mom and I have, you know, gone, uh, grown so close and um, we've been through so much together. And I've, you know, I realized that I, I would do absolutely anything for her. And I, you know, I would say I, I, I would do anything for her. We, I, I would be there for her. And I watched how courageously um, she's been, you know, getting at things. And there was just a point in time where I said, you know what, um, I don't necessarily have the words to say to either make things better or to set things right. Um, I need to do something else. And I, you know, I got a, a lot of advice from friends uh, over the this period of time. And, um, you know, one of them early on, uh, who, who's fa- who, who he lost his father to the same disease. He said, look, man, just, just max, max out the time that you spend with your mom. He's like, spend as much possible quality time as you can, because you're not going to be able to get that back. And he's like, I didn't do that. And I regret it. So that stuck with me early on. And so that was like, okay, so we've, so we've, we've, we've done this for the past year. 
Um, but I had another good friend who uh, is big in the fitness world, but he's also a singer songwriter on the side. And he said to me, you know, I always wanted to write a song for my mom and I thought about it and I didn't get the chance to do it before she passed away. And I wish I did. And so it hit this moment in time about, I don't know, maybe four months ago where, um, you know, we were going through it and I had, I wasn't making a lot of music over the last six months. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, dealing with stuff has down with my family, um, putting out this Latin album. Right. And it's just like kind of, you know, just handling my shit across different areas, but not necessarily in the most creative space. And, you know, I did what I, what I often do is went back to my producer, Jan, the genius and said, yo, send me some, send me a few ideas. Um, you know, just to get my, just to get my wheels turning. It wasn't specific to anybody or anything. Just like, I was like, yo, sonically, like toss me some stuff. I want to know like where the wave is at. And this beat was one of them. And as I was going through this beat and as I was going through this period of time with my mom, where I really felt like I had to do something, um, I heard this beat and I'm like, wait, this feels, this doesn't feel like another relationship type song. It kind of has this happy, sad chord progression in it. And, uh, but, but this upbeat, um, you know, nature to it, maybe this is the time for me to write a song for my mom. And, uh, yeah, I didn't leave the studio for a week straight and that's, that's what came out. Wow. Well, shit, a week's worth of work like that. Shit. I can't, I can't imagine what you do. They gave you two weeks. Does this song, as a monster, <laughs> as I was listening to it, I, I felt hints of a Post Malone, a Sway Lee, you know, weekend. It, and it has that vibe. You said it has the highs and the lows. You go through an emotional ride with the song. But not just the song. It's also the video. Again, one yeah. of the first AI collage videos ever made. All right? From Brooklyn's old Mac, baby. That's right. Brooklyn <laughs> in the forefront of technology and music. So talk about the creation of the video and how these images all work together in relation to the music, because it is such a visual yeah. and beautiful, beautifully made video. Thank you, man. Um, yeah, we're in the videos got like 200 and something thousand views in like two weeks. This song's only been out for two weeks. 200,000 um, thus far and growing folks. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And yeah. And, and growing tap in on my YouTube channel, just put Mac, you're the reason um, and, you, and you'll find it. But, um, so I wanted to, you know, you, it's hard to release music these days. So first of all, I, I, I made that song and I went to the hospital one day with my mom. We, I said, mom, I have a gift to give you when we get back from the hospital. We came back and I sat down side by side with her. I printed out the lyrics and we listened to it together. So that was, that, that was my present. That was my present there. Um, you know, but I, in making it. And then, and then, and then my dad walked in the room and he heard it and he was like, yo man, this is the best thing that you've ever done in your life. Oh, and wow. I was like, shit, like, that's a big statement. It's a big statement coming from my dad who knows a lot of my, you know, he's known me my whole life and knows a lot of my work. Um, and he said, you know what? I think this song is really relatable. I think a lot of people, like a lot of people will be able to like get with this message. And so the more I thought on it and as I was writing it, you know, to be honest, as the lyrics were coming out, I'm like, this is absolutely hundred percent specifically for my mom, but I can already tell that these lyrics are starting to like get to a more elevated place. Um, but I, you can't release music in today's world if you don't have visuals attached to it. Like you can't, mm. you can't just like toss out a digital song and think that that's going to work. <laughs> it's not back in the yeah. day when we used to listen to, what was it? Uh, 103.5, which turned into hot 97. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, that old yeah, folks. Yeah, no, yeah. Those my, no, those are my, stay, those are my stations. Those my stations. 105.1 now, power 105.1. But um, yeah, I mean, the drops are just different. Like if you're, if you're going to drop something and it's going to drop, you know, drops in your social media and all that stuff first, and then it goes yeah. somewhere else. Like, Album art is one thing, and you technically could do it based off of that. But like, you know, this story to me obviously like had a lot of depth to it. But I, I didn't know what kind of I didn't know what kind of music video I was gonna make for this song. I'm like, this is a tribute song to my mom. It's very personal. Like, this is not again. This is not me like 
pitch up in a shoot location somewhere with a group of girls and like a, <laughs> in a party yeah, location, which again, yeah, yeah. check and my reggaeton music. Videos. Like, yeah, yo, that's a, yo, 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 check my, <laughs> yo, check, yo, check Demonia, check Una Noche in Madrid. There's some, I, I saw, yeah, I did yo. some amazing stuff in Madrid with, with my people over there and, and locked in some dope reggaeton videos, but this was, yes. this was different. And so I was like, what, you know, maybe this needs to be like an illustration type deal. And I called my designer, who is really good with graphic illustration, obviously. And uh, I said, yo, here's what I'm thinking. Um, you know, what do you think? And so we, the concept of like telling the storybook of when I was a kid growing up with my mom through, you know, basically the, the arc of our lives to becoming adults and us ending together on a stage in a stadium somewhere, you know, and me um, bringing my mom on stage with me, that whole story arc was, um, you know, we wrote it out together and I gave, I gave him bullet points on, you know, look, I played, I played piano when I was three and I did this and that and the other. And so the, those visuals started to be, to be woven in. And then I gave a whole collage, which you just showed of pictures of me and my mom that got woven into the middle of it. But the art, the, the video stylistically is one of the first AI driven uh, music videos. So basically, and I'm not the, really the best person to be explaining this, but um, there's a few new a few new tools, uh, OpenSea being one of them, but AI visualization tools, and you give it certain prompts. So you could you could you could put it like kid, football, uh, impressionist art, mom, and then it'll pump you out something that like starts to work in that style and essentially like that was a that was a mix of impressionist art impressionist oil painting with like retro future synth wave type aesthetics which i i use a lot in my stuff and um you know a lot of the uh the visuals are precisely drawn in by the by the the artist but the visual patchwork around it is what ai stitches together and yeah that's one of the first of its kind so it's um and people are really responding to the video too. They're like, "Yo, like everything about this drop, the song, it's the video." I mean, yeah. like every other person's telling me they started crying when they seen that shit. Particularly the people that are close to me. And so it's um, it's very rewarding to to make something where people really are like, "Yo, you knocked the shit out of that one, like straight yes. up," and you hit. You yes. hit a chord with me. I was crying. Like, yo, man, I watched that shit and I was crying. And like, come to me and yes. said that. Listen, I, I I do not take that shit lightly. I've had for, Mac, yeah, I, I go ahead. For real, no, for real, Mac. There's no way that there's a person that could watch this, and no matter how cold their heart may seem, they will feel something in this. Video. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm uh. I'm with that, and like, and and the and the general, like, if you read the comments section on YouTube, there's a hundred and something comments. The beyond, like, people, you know, crying and my my close uh, friends being touched or whatever. I, there's comments on there saying, "Yo, I lost my mom two years ago, like to this day, and you know, this this song makes me feel like." <clears throat> she's watching me through this music because it's came up. I've had, there's comments from moms on there being like, yo, I, 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 if my daughter, if my daughter ever felt like this about me when she grows up, like I would, I would lose it. Like, this is such a beautiful tribute. And, um, and many other people that are just like, yo man, shout out to the moms out there. And yes. um, I see that everybody here. Is. We hope that, you know, your mom was really be proud of you. I can't believe you made a song about your mom. It's so sweet. What a way to express your love. I mean, there you go. Hope you become a big artist because of doing something so special, thinking about other people. Such a nice person. I mean, on and on. Nothing but love. It's bro. been love, Woo. yeah. But okay. that was my, you know, that was my goal, man. I wanted to put, I wanted to, to put as big of a love letter out into the world as possible for my mom. Uh, but um, you know, how did the mama feel though? Uh, when when she heard it, besides because you, we talked about how your what your dad said, but what did your mom say or feel when you yeah. heard this? Word? Yeah, so my my mom um she she liked it she she loved it, but my my mom is um she's not like a the sappy sentimental type. Um, okay, <laughs> she she's she's like a badass from Queens. You know, Latina mom where we probably yeah. be crying. 
Yeah, no, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like she's a she's a, she's a, she's a very loving person, but um, you know, it takes a lot to like you know sw- to to sway her. She she's she's a badass from Queens who put herself through Harvard. She has like this, Harvard. Like, yeah, yeah, Wait oh, yeah. Minute. She put herself through Harvard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's wow. the smartest person I know. Like, yeah, hundred percent. She's got this. She's got this this street smart and this book smart element that, like, you know, I, again, she raised me and it gave me this kind of like. I had this person. She's a teacher too. So like, I had this person who's a teacher with such amazing skills, you know, raising me. And so anyway, so she, she, it was less about what she said and more about what I could observe. You know, when you, when you, when you play your music for people, you get good at observing the room, right? And how people respond to music, and because uh, people can't fake that part, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they're they're either moved or they're not. And she was smiling ear to ear, oh, and she was smi- and she was smiling ear to ear, and and salute to Mama Mac. <laughs> yeah, salute to Mama Mac. And the last thing I'll say on that is just like you know, I wanted to be able to make something where it put enough like love out into the world and connected with enough people where I could show those comments to my mom one after the next after the next and be like, yo, look at the impact this is having on people. Look at the impact that your story is having on people. Like, yo, I'm carrying on this tradition, this legacy. Like, you built this shit. Like, now I'm going to make you proud. Like, that for me. Um, and so, you know, I, I, last night I sent an email. to. I said, mom, send me, like, uh, your friends, your closest friends' email addresses. So I, I, I had an email address with, like, 25 names. And I sent out a personal email to her friends and said, look, you know, my mom gave me your email address to send this to you guys personally. I wanted you to see it, et cetera. Like those kinds of those kinds of responses and those kinds of things, like I can't can't buy those things. And so I've just been uh yeah, I've been really touched, man. Now I want this song to like go to the moon, man. I I really do. Like I want I want this song to blow the fuck up. And um, you know, it's look, I've been around music long enough to know that it to to know what a hit sounds like, right? So like I think I have a few hits sonically, like to the ear. But it's not a hit unless it's a hit, right? Like unless it yeah. actually blows up. And that's and that's a whole other thing in of itself. And um this has all the ingredients to do that. It yes, needs it to does. continue it to, has be, the sazon, to be kiddo. El Sazon, El Sazon. <laughs> but it but it needs to just, you know, continue to continue to be pushed. And I appreciate everybody out there that's continuing to support that shit, share that shit. Send it to your mom. Send it to um, a oh, loved yeah. one, a friend. So yeah, exactly. it's not just about a mom. I mean, even that's the essential the for anyone that has been there for you. This, this is what makes yes. the song so powerful because you could give it as a listener its own meaning. Hundred percent in your life. So again, that that, that goes to show your skill, Mac Wepa. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so, you're the best. So, I fuck. I fuck so, with you, man. So, so when people, when are people going to be able to see you perform this live? I mean, what's next, man? Because we got the track out now on the YouTubes and folks. Now I've been showing this off. I need you guys to pay attention. And it's also below in the notes. You can click away. All right. You got to follow all of Max socials and peep this latest track and more. Trust me, you're going to be going on a rabbit hole of music. You're going to be bobbing your head all night, yo. You're going to be, you're going to get magnified. You know, magnified. Yeah, you might get magnified. This is what it is. This is the website, returnofthemac.com. Of course, you can stay tuned. What's popping? Um, so let us, Mac, where are you going to be at? Where, where can we see you perform this song and, and everything else you got going? Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. So I, I um, so I'm, I'm talking to a, to a promotion company right now about, um, you know, just moving different venues around the city. So, you know, the meadow, the meadows that I'm sure you know, that's not that, uh, not that far from where, um, you know, from where we're at in Brooklyn or SOBs in the city, like those, yeah. those, those type, those type venues. Um, and then, you know, I got a whole Spanish and a whole Latin thing that's, that's starting to bubble up and pop, pop off right now. And so yeah, the, talk gotta, about that. Cause you said yeah, third, fourth, elaborate on that. Yeah. So fourth. let me, yeah, let me be clear. <laughs> and by the way, I'm not just like throwing out, oh, like this dude's like, well, he doesn't know how many albums he fucking has out. Now, <laughs> I, um, I, uh, I made a, I made a crossover reggaeton, uh, English, Spanish, pop, pop reggaeton trap album with yeah, my right. homie, my little brother, uh, Dayan. He's from the Dominican. I met him in Spain and Madrid. Motherfucker is also a genius. He's a straight force. 
sick artist, singer, rapper, and producer, and me and him together, the two of us made this entire album. Nobody else touched it. It's 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 eight songs. So I got through the first three singles of this album, and I'm flying to Madrid. I'm making music videos over there. We're over there performing wow. in clubs and shit. I'm down in the DR. Right? I'm in Santo Domingo. Me and him are filming videos down hey. there and shit. His, his Dembo shit starting to pop off down there. And um, yeah, this uh, this song with my mom kind of popped up. It popped up, and he also had like he had some. If if people know Latin music, like. In the Dominican culture, Dembo specifically is like is a specific thing. Yeah, and he's starting to like really pop in that world. And a lot of the stuff that we did together is much more mundial. It's much more worldwide, like pop oriented shit. Which like he has in his bag. He just yeah. like that's not necessarily where his vantage point is. So he had a song go viral, a Dembo song go viral down in the DR. So we launched Una Noche in Madrid. That was our third single. He goes back to the DR. He's got he he has the 12th most viral song in the DR right now. Whoa, it's popping off. Dope. I said, cool. This gives me a moment to do this thing with my mom. I launched a song with my mom and we're going to get back to launching the fourth single and then the rest of the, of the, of the Latin album right after this. So that's coming. So I'm going to be up in the Bronx. I'm going I'm to be all over the city Yo. and I'm going to be in Miami and I'm going to be in Madrid and DR. And cause the, cause the song that's coming, I'm going to send it to you after uh, that's not out yet, but you'll fuck with it. The song slowly, this reggaeton song, that shit's a hit. So that song's not out yet, and that's coming. But in that process of me saying, yo, Jan, my producer, like, send me some ideas. Like, what's the next wave? He sent me three ideas, and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, and the, the song for my mom is what turned into one yeah. of those things. I'm like, oh, this shit's good. Like, every time I get him going. So, like, I got now three songs turned into six, and that turned into ten. I got ten <laughs> songs coming on Mac Volume 4 that's after this Spanish shit that we're already at. So so it's... um. Oof. Yeah, man, we just keep we're keeping evolving and we're keeping growing and like you know, it's a matter of just like how much can you dig, put a stake in the ground and really build your fan base and get yeah, sticky, yeah. you know, get get people to go from like oh I stream I heard his song somewhere or I streamed it somewhere to like yo I subscribe to his YouTube shit and every time he drops something I hear it or I see his Spotify and I'm sending it to five people and that's what I'm trying to build right now over time and that's like you know again that's we'll see what happens with this song for my mom but you know the further you can push it and may, maybe this podcast becomes uh you know I'm on the today show tomorrow you know we'll see what happens we'll see how <laughs> my PR, PR game does but manifest manifest yeah, yeah. the power be, of words my friend <laughs> I believe in te- yeah I say I, I say I say in the song um, you know, you're the reason I'm never going to stop. You're the reason that I'm running to the top. And that's where I'm trying to go with this, man. I wouldn't, wouldn't be doing this if I didn't think I could go to the top with it. And, you know, most artists to feel that way about themselves, like they're, they're doing this shit to blow the fuck up and, um, you know, out of love and to blow the fuck up. And, yes. um, you know, that's the motive right now. It is. That's everyone's motive, and they, anyone says anything different, they lie. <laughs> right, right. Or they're just not. Or they're just you know, in it, in it for the or they're in it for the wrong reasons. Or they're, or they're just doing it for themselves, and that's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, which is cool. But, but when you put it again, it's part of it because you are doing your thing, man, and, and just smashing it. Because again, just folks, you gotta please subscribe. I did immediately to to the his YouTube channel. But yo, I'm telling you. You guys are going to be vibing. Now I can't wait to listen to this other get thrown song because let me tell you, I was over here. Do, do, that is why I have the camera off. I can't get caught dancing in the middle. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, bala. Yo, but not for real. Like, you you, you have been in this scene. Like, I, I've been in New York in the club scene over the last year. And this is how, like, I, I, I've been known Sal for three and a half. I met him in Madrid three and a half years ago. And I kind of put a marker in it because I, they wanted they wanted me on their shit. They were like, I, I want English. They, when they met me, they were like, Oh, like a, like an American pop artist. Like I want English on our shit. And then and I'm like, All right, but like this is the wave too. And the more you know, fast forward three years later, I'm in the clubs in New York. There's more reggaeton music being played in clubs here than there is hip hop. Straight up. Straight up, there's more, and people don't even, you know, there's plenty of Latins, but fucking plenty of people don't know what the fuck these people are saying, but the, the beat is right, Bad Bunny is right for them, you know what I'm saying? And and the combination of the English and Spanish that we've gone for, in my mind, like, that that's the wave. There's not two artists that are together that are doing that. Like, I try to push this innovation of what's coming next, and hopefully yeah, that's works. the unique part that really, that, that catches on, that, like, that both cultures are going to be able to gravitate towards. 
I think you guys are mur- going to murder it. I think there's going to be the spring, summer, and fall of uh, uh, Mac and your boy song because those tracks is fire. Those only deserve to be uh, be playing them clubs and get that grind on, folks. But that's what it's going to make you do. We're about to hell for real. <laughs> hey, Woo! That's well, hey, that's, 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 that's all a guy got to do. The guy got to do is just stay there like that. Yeah, just stay right don't in the pocket. Don't touch unless it's yours, right? <laughs> stay, stay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with them. Yeah, we outside. Yeah, I don't want to get nobody in trouble. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I'm with that. Uh, yeah, I'm, no, there, yeah, I'm, I'm there. digging it, bro. I love the energy, bro. Brooklyn in the building. Awesome music, amazing tracks, and you know. all. Last question here, my brother, before we go. You know, seeing your yeah, journey man. and all. For what you've done and where you where you where you at where you're headed, what type of advice would you give up give to a youngin trying to step into the game today? Um, to a youngin, so like I'm gonna go with somebody that like you know is early on that learning curve that like Very early. is of is is of the age that like a record label would still look at them and be like yo like you know that's a 17 18 year old out there like I'm gonna fucking sign him. Um, my advice would be like really really work on your craft and what i mean by that is like if you're trying to be a singer work on your voice you know what i'm saying like don't just rely on the fact that like autotune and other shit out there can make you sound good enough or don't rely on the fact that like hip-hop you know has enough melody in it but is you know enough rapper but even if you're a rapper like you know work on your craft and the other thing i would say is like diversify too like the more that you can do yourself right the more that you can learn to do yourself right because now the people like dion the spanish do the 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 dude from dr and jan my producer like they're a hundred percent self-contained when they make a demo it's a hundred percent them they don't need nobody else to do that with them like i'm getting to a point where i can start to do that but i so be so branch out but do that by really latching on to people you can learn from and that gets back to the earlier point that i was making where it's like yo find those people that are the best at what they fucking do and make them believe in you and latch the fuck onto them and um yeah you'll get better and keep going you heard it folks stay on your craft improve your craft work on that craft then you're going to be reaching some heights like my man my future legend of brooklyn Right here, yo. I cannot yo, gang, gang. wait to, to, to see you perform in the Grammys and the AMAs and all that. You know, it's going to be fire when you can bring your mama on stage. It's going to Hell happen. Because yeah. I see it. You got that fire. You know, you're from Brooklyn too, kiddo. So it's, it's, it's yo, in us to make it happen. Exactly, yeah. yo. We make it happen. Yo, thank you so much for coming on to the Conversators Podcast and taking time out your day to talk to me about you know, your journey the dope track inspiration, the, the use of technology in it and all. I love it, man. You're definitely a person that has an eye on the future, and this is why I know for a fact you will be the next big thing. And, of course, thank you for working with some Latino artists, yo, because that they get throwing stuff and the trap, wepa, for real. Got the homie oh, yeah, bouncing bro. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. I, no, I appreciate it. you having me on, man. You're a real dude. I appreciate it, though. Nah, that's what it is, yo. And, folks, again, Check out all of Mac's socials and peep the latest track. You can go to his link tree, Mac Music 21. Of course, you can also visit his website at Return of the Mac. That's M-A-K, no C, folks, all right? Yeah, I'm A-K. You got it. Yeah, Soda Love. Follow Comic Crew, Undercover Capes Everywhere. You know what it is. The Real Al Mega. Hasta la próxima, mi gente. Much love. I appreciate you for tuning in. Wee-pa! <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 